Hey, welcome to Breitbart News. Sorry, I'm thinking about David. David called in at the end of the show just a moment ago. Uh, he's 90, sharp as a tack. And I could have talked to David for three hours. And he was like, oh, yeah, I love listening to you. I listen to you. And now you're on the TV, so now I get to watch you on the TV. And uh, oh, David, I'll give you a wave. And he goes, well, how about that? <laughs> he goes, well, how about that? Oh, what a good man. Talking about how, well, so what happened is we had a guy call in from South Carolina. So who's going to pick the fruit if it's not the illegal immigrants? That's right. We need to bring in the Browns, bring in the Brown people, pay them nothing. Slaves, Sean, that's what you're saying. So we had a bunch of people call in like David saying, oh, I used to fight for people over the, the farm jobs, over the picking fruit jobs. Used to, used to, high schoolers used to be fighting each other for those jobs. How we've changed. Indeed, David. All right, so that was later in the show. If you subscribe to SiriusXM, you can um, listen to the whole show and all the wonderful phone calls we had today. Start with our opening segment where we, we lay out, I think as clearly as possible, the situation between the federal government and Texas. Here it is. escalated in taxes. Short of it is, the federal government, of course, refuses to secure the border. So Texas has taken matters into their own hands, and the feds don't like it. Texas has put up razor wire, and the feds have told them to stop putting up razor wire, to stop putting up shipping containers, which then they put razor wire on top of the shipping containers to stop putting those big orange buoys that make it harder to swim or walk across the river. Federal agents have been told to cut the razor wire. So if an illegal immigrant makes it, let's say halfway across the river, they're officially in American terror. They're on our soil. And if they step one foot on our soil, and say, asylum. It is now the border agent's job to assist the lawbreakers, that's what they are, to assist them in their asylum claim, even if that means cutting the razor wire so that they can more easily make it to wherever they need to go. And Texas is impeding in that asylum process. I believe that's the argument. Now, one of the claims from the left, and, and I'm, I'm certain this is an exaggeration, as certain as I can be without having seen it with my own eyes, just knowing the history of the left lying about the border when it comes to kids in cages. One of my favorite lies ever was when AOC was crying about the detention center, remember this, and like separating kids and all this stuff. And this is during Trump, of course. And remember they were showing pictures of the detention centers with Trump and how horrific it was, and they were actually pictures from when Obama was president. But one of my greatest, the best lies I've ever heard is that these detention centers are, are so horrible that people are forced to the depravity of drinking out of toilets. Could you imagine? Could you imagine this is how we treat people in this country? They're drinking out of toilets. 
And that lie spread around the world, and it took us a while to realize that the sink is connected to the top of the toilet. So it's a, it is a toilet-sink combo unit. So they're not on their hands and knees lapping water out of the toilet like, like, a, like a dog. It's just the pipe. I don't know how they set it up, but like the pipe is it's like one unit. It's a single unit, and the sink's on top, and they're drinking out of the sink that's connected to the toilet. But, you know, whatever. The lie about the border agent whipping migrants, the Haitian migrant, when even the guy who took the picture said, yeah, that's not what was happening. That's, that didn't happen. what, what did Mayorkas say about? Oh, do you remember the quotes from uh, the, the president and then Mayorkas about that? How horrible it was. Essentially, it was a hit their version of the police acted stupidly. As Obama said, oh, I can't believe he would do such a thing. It never happened. Okay, so these people just constantly lie about the border. And, and the truth never stopped them from telling their stories. So the latest claim is that an illegal immigrant was drowning and children, illegal immigrant children were drowning as they were crossing the river. And the, the state National Guard was watching them, watching them drown, die, and did nothing. Perhaps even laughed at these brown faces as they were drowning in the river. And the feds, oh, they wanted to help them. They wanted to, they wanted to rush in and save them, but the state wouldn't let them. No, no, let them die. The state of Texas said. And the story will only grow from there. This is Joaquin Castro, congressman from the San Antonio neck of the woods. I was, it did shock the conscience when you talk about Texas National Guard or DPS basically preventing CBP from rescuing a mom and two kids, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old kid who drowned. Um, I'll say this. Republicans have gotten very bloodthirsty when it comes to the issue of immigration and border security. And you imagine what it takes for people in uniform to prevent other people from rescuing drowning individuals. See, see that? Now, I'm certain the truth is nowhere near that. I'm, I'm sure the, the people drowned, if that even happened, but let's say it did, they, they drowned and the feds showed up 10 minutes later and wanted to do something. And it was like way past. There's no way the people were actively drowning and the feds wanted to help. And the state said, no, you can't. There's like, no, no way. That's what happened. But you are bloodthirsty. You got this. Did you see that you're bloodthirsty in wanting to protect our borders. You're bloodthirsty. <laughs> so the other day, there was a Supreme Court order, not a ruling, different, an order uh, that says until this case is fully heard, and there, there's a long way to go. There's still the discovery and there's the, the argument. Like There's a long way to go with this specific case. Uh, but until then, the feds are indeed allowed to cut that razor wire and uh, help illegals come across. And Texas said... Um, Okay, whatever you say, whatever you say, federal government. Nope. That's not what the governor said. Here is what the governor sent out. It's a page long here, but it's worth reading. 
because you don't hear states act like this a lot anymore. This is Governor Greg Abbott. The federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. Ooh, I love this talk. <laughs> this is great. Remember, the uh, states created the federal government. States created the federal government. It's the most important thing to know. States came first. States came together, created a federal government. Federal federal means um, uh, agreement, like, like coming together on an agreement between. So all the states came together and created a government that they all created together and gave to the, to the federal government certain powers. You know all this, but we, 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 gave, we, the states, gave the federal government certain powers and none beyond those. Ideally, <laughs> that's, how, that's how it's supposed to work. So the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration, 300,000 last month. Despite having been put on notice in a series of letters, one of which I delivered to him by hand, President Biden has ignored Texas's demands that he perform his constitutional duties. All right, three bullet points. President Biden has violated his oath to faith, faithfully execute immigration laws enacted by Congress. Instead of prosecuting immigrants for the federal crime of illegal entry, President Biden has sent his lawyers into federal courts to sue Texas for taking action to secure the border. Number two, President Biden has instructed his agencies to ignore federal statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants. The effect is to illegally allow their in-mass parole into the United States. Number three, by wasting taxpayer dollars to tear open Texas's border security infrastructure, President Biden has enticed illegal immigrants away from the 28 legal entry points along the state's southern border, bridges where nobody drowns, and into the dangerous waters of the Rio Grande. Oh, that's such a good line. And that makes sense, right? The razor wire is to say, hello, uh, do not cross here. Uh, and they say, well, how do I get in? Well, we have 28 legal entry points along our southern border, complete with bridges where nobody drowns. And the feds say, no, no, they must cross everywhere. <laughs> they must be allowed to cross anywhere and everywhere, including this dangerous river. Under President, Ball's, uh, President Biden's lawless border policies, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. That is more than the population of 33 different states in the country. Think about that. Think about that. 6 million illegal immigrants, more than 33 states. This illegal refusal to protect the states has inflicted unprecedented harm on the people all across the United States. All right, now we got some constitutional stuff. Are you ready for this? This is good. I feel like we do a lot of constitution stuff at 514 in the morning central time, but that's fine. James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and the other visionaries who wrote the Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like Cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. This is why the framers included both Article uh, 3, Section 4, which promises that the federal government, quote, shall protect each state against invasion. And Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which acknowledges, quote, the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. That's uh, Justice Scalia. 
the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. We'll go over those in a second. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed on Article 4, Section 4, has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves to the states the right of self-defense. For these reasons, I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. Again, the states came first. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority, as well as state law, to secure the Texas border. Greg Abbott, governor of Texas. pretty perfect right there all right so let's get into the constitution shall we article 1 section 3 clause 10 no state shall no state shall without the consent of congress lay any duty of of tonnage keep troops or ships of war in time of peace enter into agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war comma, unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. So that's what Governor Abbott is saying. He said, uh, where's the line there? Uh, For these reasons, I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section clause, uh, Section 3, Clause 10. Unless actually invaded. He quoted... Uh, or he cited a quote from Antonin Scalia in a Supreme Court case. Let me quote a little uh, Scalia. He said, two other provisions of the Constitution are an acknowledgement of the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. Article 1 provides that no state shall, uh, <clears throat> without the consent of Congress, lay any imposts or duties on imports or exports, except what may be absolutely necessary for executing its inspection laws. This assumed what everyone assumed that the states could exclude from their territory dangerous or unwholesome goods. Fentanyl would be one of those. A later portion of the same section provides that no state shall, without the consent of Congress, engage in war unless actually invaded. This limits the state's sovereignty in a way not relevant here, but leaves intact their inherent power to protect their territory. That's it. Their inherent power to protect their territory. So, the question is, is immigration and the protecting of our borders a federal issue only and the states have no role? Or does Texas itself have a role? Or does Texas itself have the role? Because here's Scalia. Uh, Scalia says, the myth of an era of unrestricted regulation, excuse me, the myth of an era of unrestricted immigration in the first hundred years of the Republic. The states enacted, and that's not true. There was not unrestricted immigration. Uh, we should do a whole segment on this because, all right, let me table this, but let's keep going. We'll, we'll go in more detail later. Uh, the states enacted numerous laws restricting the immigration of certain classes of aliens, including convicted criminals, indigents, persons with contagious diseases, and in Southern states, freed blacks. State laws not only provided for the removal of unwanted immigrants, but also imposed penalties on unlawfully present aliens 
and those who aided their immigration. So there, there's this idea, this myth, that uh, prior to a certain period, I don't know, the first 100 years of our country, it was just game on. There were no borders, and anyone could come whenever they wanted for any reason at all. We never cared. No, it's not true at all. There are states, it, it, immigration was a state power. And here's Scalia. In fact, the controversy surrounding the Alien and Sedition Acts. Oh, we got to go into more detail on that one, Dan. No, oh, we've lost it. That was uh, 1798, I think. The, the controversy surrounding the Alien and Sedition Acts involved a debate over whether under the Constitution the states had exclusive authority to enact such immigration laws. So you had essentially our founding fathers saying, whoa, 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 federal government, you have, you have no authority when it comes to immigration. So the question today is, uh, what is the proper authority? Who has it and who has superiority? What a wonderful question, and I'm so glad to be having this debate. Now, one thing to note uh, as we move forward, because someone is going to quote, I don't know where it is in the Constitution, one minute here. Maybe I'll find it. Uh, here it is. Article 1, Section 8, Clause something or other. Uh, four. So someone on the left, you're going to hear this today, I bet. Uh, the Congress shall have the power to establish a uniform rule of naturalization. So you're going to have someone on the left say, oh, here it is right there. That the federal government has, indeed, the states gave the federal government the power to establish a uniform rule of naturalization. Okay, that is true. The feds indeed do have that, that right. Uh, but naturalization and immigration are two different things. Naturalization is the process of becoming an American citizen. But nowhere in the Constitution is the word immigration. The Constitution doesn't give the feds power over Immigration, who can come and go? Interesting. Now, we're, now, listen, it's been a long time. <laughs> so, so norms have changed over the years. So the question is, where are we now? We have all these federal laws. I don't, I don't think that the, the Congress needs to do anything at this point. The Congress doesn't need to add any new laws at all. We have them all. But if the feds don't enforce them, does Texas have a right to? That's the question. 866-95-PATRIOT. 866-95-PATRIOT. And the left says no. The left says no, Texas does not. Here's the Babylon Bee. Supreme Court rules it's illegal for National Guard to guard nation. <laughs> that's, that's what we're at. It's illegal for the National Guard to guard the nation. How dare you, Texas? How dare you have a, a military called the National Guard who's there guarding the nation, your state? How dare you? Now, not only that, and this is the best part of it all so far. It's only getting better because Governor Abbott is just doing a fantastic job with this. The, even the left, Van Jones, I saw the other day, and others have given credit to Governor Abbott for busing <laughs> people all across the country and making this problem that used to be just a Texas problem or just an Eagle Pass Texas problem into a Chicago problem and getting people on the left to wake up and see and feel the impacts of this in a more acute way. Um, so Governor Abbott's just doing fantastic and, and totally has Biden over apparel here because the more Biden fights this, the more it becomes obvious what an open border 
traitor. What <laughs> I don't want to just an open border guy. He is, and it makes the difference between Trump and him even uh, more drastic. As if you needed any more proof, but maybe more people do. So uh, Biden's in a real a real pickle here. Uh, so Abbott's doing great. So the left's response to this, this is great. The left's response is to federalize the Texas National Guard. This is Beto. Do you remember Beto? What is Beto doing these days? <laughs> What's that guy up to? Imagine if Beto was governor of Texas. It was pretty close. Like closer than it should have been. That's for sure. Seriously, think about that. Think if Beto was Texas. If, if Beto was, was the governor right now, he would be opening the borders even more. Amazing. Elections have consequences. So, all right, here's Beto. Abbott's using the Texas card to defy a Supreme Court ruling. All of a sudden, they love the Supreme Court. When Governor uh, Falbus did this in 1957, Eisenhower federalized the Arkansas Guard to ensure compliance with the law. Biden must follow this example of bold, decisive leadership to end this crisis before it gets worse. Uh Hold on. Very interesting. We are but one week. I don't even think it was a week ago. When... These exact same people on the left have been freaking out about Donald Trump using the military, using the National Guard to squash domestic protests and riots when he's president. We went in great detail over this NBC News article in particular, but there's other people who have share this concern as well about using our own military against our own people. There's a debate right now in Congress about changing the um, uh, Insurrection Act to make it so that the federal, the, the, the president can't do this. Exa- do what? Exactly this. Take over the National Guard for his own federal purposes. Are you with me? They're, they're, like last week, the left was talking about how Trump is going to use the military in dictatorial ways to squash riots across the country when he's president, which, by the way, is tipping the hat that when Trump becomes president, there will be horrific riots like you've never seen before. There's no question about that. And they're worried that Trump is going to uh, use the feds to stop that. And by the way, when he does, they're going to call him a dictator for doing it. And here we have those same people arguing that right now Joe Biden should federalize the Texas National Guard in order to force them to stop Enforcing border laws. Pretty good, isn't it? 866-95-PATRIOT. 866-95-PATRIOT. That's the lay of the land right now. This all, I mean, this has been building, obviously, but that memo was sent out yesterday and uh, official that Governor Abbott will not be uh, swayed by the Supreme Court order. Not a, not a ruling, an order, an interim uh, order in, in, in the meantime. Uh, until they can hear the case in full. 866-95-PATRIOT. 866-95-PATRIOT. What do you think of Texas playing hardball here? 866-95-PATRIOT. We'll take your phone calls next. By the way, the left. There's an there's interesting debate here about, and I, I, almost, uh, I always hesitate to make a thing a political. I'd rather keep a thing constitutional, <laughs> but we're in political times. So uh, how does this hurt Biden or what's Biden's you know deal here? How does this hurt the Democrats in the next election? It will hurt them in this next election. But in many ways, I don't think the Dems care. Democrats are really patient. They're very patient. 
Um, they're very good at playing the long game. And I would think that they would be okay, if they had to choose, they would be okay losing this next election if it means getting in, you know, 10 million illegal immigrants who will then have children or bring their children, who will then vote and win more elections in the future, right? Uh, I think they would choose that calculus and be okay with it. And then that puts Trump in a very tricky situation of deportation, which is next level. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. It is Thursday, which means the great Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Dr. Gorka, how are you, sir? Very well, my friend. Good morning to you, Mike. Good to talk to you. We're talking about Texas. We have an interesting constitutional question happening here, Dr. Gorka, perhaps even uh, above the Constitution, too. It's a, it's just a question of uh, you know, natural rights and sovereignty and, and those big things. But maybe we'll start constitutionally. Does Texas have the authority to defend its borders. Well, this is this is the you know unusual, beautiful, unique thing about our nation that this isn't just you know another classical Westphalian country. Uh, it's built as a republic with sovereign states that came together, and in the case of Texas, we have this even more. You know, piquant and unusual fact that Texas was its own country for several years. So if there's any constituent part of the nation that understands its sovereign role and that it has sovereignty, not just the federal republic of which it is a part, and that they have a responsibility to their citizens of their state, then that's the Lone Star State. So Look, uh, let's be honest here, you know, God bless Greg Abbott for what he's doing right now, but why wasn't he doing this a year ago? Why wasn't he doing this two years ago? Why wasn't he doing this three years ago? He's not, he's not, um, how should I say this delicately? Um, he makes the right noises a lot, but he's not exactly... Um, the most forward-leaning conservative out there. But, you know, the statement he issued yesterday about there being an invasion and that they're not going to stand down, well, this is really interesting because what? I mean, what are the feds going to do? Are they going to send, you know, 100 marshals to Texas to try and arrest, you know, 3,000 members of the Texas National Guard? That's when it starts to get interesting. Well, now they're saying that the, the, the Biden needs to federalize the Texas National Guard which is amazing because it was either last week or two weeks ago, you and I were talking about that NBC News article warning against dictator Trump coming in and federalizing the National Guard against the riots that are to come when he wins. So now they're for federalizing the National Guard. Well, it's like my, my colleague Dennis Prager always says, whatever the left is accusing us of doing, they're doing themselves. So if, you know, the, the threat of... Uh, you know, dictatorship in America, what well, it's here. I mean, when we were in, in the White House, we never raided 
you know, Obama's residence. We didn't arrest his former assistants at Reagan Airport and put them in leg shackles. We didn't use the FBI to go after what would be the equivalent after pro-abortion protesters. Well, you know, the FBI did that with, uh, with, with Mark Houck in Philadelphia, and we now know 250, 270,000 times illegally surveilled Americans simply because they're Trump supporters. So, you know, the, the police state is here, and it's not because of us, it's because of Biden. Based on your, your foreign policy and uh, experience and, and knowledge of history, um, we hear a lot about this era that we're living in now, this mass migrations of people, mass movements of people all around the world. Should we look at this as something unique, or does that not even matter? Is it mostly just something that's dangerous, or is that not even true? Right? I, I, the left doesn't lament it as a bad thing. Um, so how are we to look at this movement of people around the world? Oh, absolutely new. I mean, there's no example. For example, you remember when the uh, speech uh, Hillary gave to a group of bankers, I think it was in Canada, or it was leaked. And what did she say? And, you know, she was running for, you know, the, the, the highest office in the land. She said she, she dreams of a time uh, that there will be a borderless North, uh, North America. You know, ne never before in the history of, of humankind have political leaders said that borders don't matter. I mean, th they would have been they would have been institutionalized. They, they would have been sent to a mental asylum. I mean, since 1648, since the, the Treaty of Westphalia, the modern system is predicated on national sovereignty. It's predicated on the concept that that each nation is responsible for its own sovereignty and that the, these are these are you know separate actors in an international system and and that is the way the system will function the idea yeah. that everybody has a right to live wherever they want to that that's insanity i mean look uh, whatever the left says about america being racist white supremacist uh, the the patriarchy People are coming here at the rate of 12,000 people crossing the border illegally every single day. So, so what does that mean? Does that mean that 7 billion people can live in America? If that's the case, there is no America. So no, your, your question is a very good one. And the answer is no, this has never happened before. The idea that people can go wherever they want and borders mean nothing, that's insanity. That's a lunacy. But that's what the left believes. So I've never heard this quote before, but this is Hillary Clinton, 2013, at a, a speech at a Brazilian bank. She said, my dream is a hemispheric common market with open trade and open borders. Sometime in the future with energy that is as green and sustainable as we can get, powering growth and opportunity for every person in the hemisphere. So there it is, open border. It's amazing. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you, spe you speak of uh, treaties and the nation state. Sure, Dr. Gorka, it's been that way for a long time, no doubt. <laughs> but can we do better? Can we advance be, uh, beyond and above and progress past this uh, ancient idea of a nation state? Well, I mean, th th this is just the new face of communism, right? Uh, you know, Homo Sovieticus, the, the idea that man can engineer perfection 
uh, down here on Earth. I mean, everything. I mean, this is this is really what the, the European Union, the WEF, is all about. It, it is the the absolute rejection of the concept that man's nature never changes, mm-hmm. and that man is fallen, and the best we can do is to to to, to, to control. Um, the the prosperity, the security as best we can of of our communities, but n- not engineer man into some higher being. I mean, th- you know, people need to recognize that, that that we may have won the Cold War on November 9, 1989, but we only won it in in terms of you know defeating the Soviet Union and then the collapse of the Warsaw Pact. Th- these new people whether they're in Davos or whether they're in Brussels or in Strasbourg, are simply communists. They believe that man is perfectible. They believe man can be engineered like silly putty. That's, that's who these people are. They yes. believe they are God. That's the reality. Uh, did you see the quote, I'm sure you did, from uh, Harari Yuval? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Is it worth playing here? I think I should play it. Uh, it's like a minute. Uh, and and not, not, not only that, I mean, it, when, when it's... what was it, two weeks ago? Uh, I think during this meeting in Davos, you, you had you know, Schwab himself say what? He said, we're so good with data processing. We're so good with, with the use of artificial intelligence that we can have prescriptive polling, meaning we, he actually said we won't need elections because we will know in advance what the people want. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Think about that. That's so good. Oh, that's great. The, Who the, said the elite, that? The elite knows which way you will vote. Oh. Therefore, we don't need elections. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, good for them. Who, who said that? Do you remember who exactly? Yeah, Carl Schwab, the, the head of it. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that. Oh, that's like like Minority Report was we can like preempt yes. your crime. We know a crime, but this is we right, even know right. how you we, we, we'll pre- preempt democracy. <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll, you know we'll preempt democracy. Uh, that's like that's obviously that's that's just all this stuff is ancient. That's just divine right of kings. This is like the people. Of course, they would nice. want me yes. anyway. Yes, and yes. and I don't. We don't even need to have an election because, of course, I'm a god, and that's they're right, saying now. Le, like, le, right, let us c'est moi. The raison d'état is me. I, I, you know, I am Klaus Schwab. <laughs> I know what you will choose. Oh, good for them! Wow, that's impressive. So this Harari Yuval. Um, so Harari, I wrote *Sapiens* among other books, and um, like Bill Gates loves this guy. Uh, Bill Gates and Obama. Obama called him his favorite essayist, and Bill Gates called this like one of the most important books ever. Like they both wrote uh, blurbs in the back of it. Uh, they love this guy, so he said there's no such thing as uh, human rights. That human rights are like a, a social construct. We've made them up, and you have human rights just like uh, an octopus has human rights. And my argument, we haven't made it yet. We've got a lot to do, but uh, is that he and all these other atheists just completely eliminate not only a creator, of course, but also the idea of the human soul. And it's a very dangerous road to go down. What, what's your take of this this philosophy this man has? Well, this guy's dangerous. Uh, you know, watch yeah. interviews with him. I think he might be on the scale a little bit um, sure. because he has no filter. Uh, and he just, you know, he says this stuff. I mean, he, he, he is the, the guy who's the most influential when it comes to, to Klaus Schwab himself. 
and, and, and this person has utter disdain for free will and the idea that human beings are sovereign. You know, th- th- this is this is the you know the man who embodies you will own you will own nothing and you will love it kind of philosophy, and that you know we we will decide in advance. It's it's kind of like the the left wing version of Straussianism, you know, the the the, the Leo Strauss brigade, who who I've always had issues with because they're not really conservatives. This idea of the philosopher king that yes, I you know I'm a conservative, but uh, I'm more educated and I read more books than the average. Pleb. Therefore, I, I'm deciding the future of the nation. I mean, this, this is like the left-wing version of the Straussians that we know better. Therefore, you don't need to be making decisions about the direction of humankind. We will do it for you. So this is who these people are. And it's frightening. You know, you're, you're right. When you deny the existence of God, then what happens eventually? Eventually, you don't say it out loud. But you crown yourself creator. You crown yourself as omnipotent and omniscient. And that's exactly what these people are doing. And that's why they are a threat to the liberty of everyone, of every human being. Because when they say, we know better, well, that's just, you know, code word for dictatorship. Yeah, I love, I love your point that you, we, we defeated communism militarily in World War II and et cetera, but, but not, not ideologically, not yet. Um, so, Dr. Gorka, I was uh, scrolling through YouTube the other day, and the algorithm uh, gave me uh, a video of yours, um, and it was uh, you in a in a in a in a tux, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Gorka in his finest, and I was like, "What is this?" And it was you speaking at the Oxford Union debate, and the motion was, "This House fears the return of Trump's America." And they invited you to speak. And I, and I texted you. I was like, did this just happen? Or did they just post it? It turns out they just posted it. Uh, you said you were back there in October. Uh, I, don't know if they, I don't remember ever talking about this. Sir. What was it like speaking at the Oxford Union? Well, you know, it, it, was, it was weird. It was very cool. <laughs> so, look, I love this. I love this stuff. It, you know, as you know, I was born and educated in England. And I, you know, I was in a debate club in, in high school. And I love this kind of stuff. And, of course, Oxford Union is the oldest debate club in the world. And it has had the likes of Einstein debate there, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan. So, you know, when they asked me to come and debate there, I, I, was, I was flattered. Although, you know, you pay your own dime. So I, I flew 8,000 miles to speak for 11 minutes. But it was important. And, and you know, when, when they opened the, the door to the question of, you know, is President Trump a threat to Western civilization? Should we fear him? You know, I was I was honored to be asked to, to debate against that in the face of lunatics like Bernie Sanders' brother, who's a loony left-wing politician in, in the U.K. And, uh, you know, it was amazing. It was super fun. Uh, it was standing room only. Mm. Literally, the, the gallery was full of students and members of the union. It was standing room only. And I got over, I think, 110 students out of the, a crowd of maybe 300 voted for president trump afterwards and i'll just say one thing you know watch the video we got a, a million views in the first five days it's pinned at the top of my my twitter account uh, said gorka i'm just about to get president trump to to retruth it on on his account as well uh, it's just a summary about you know why this is you know if you if you believe in everything we discuss on your show why we need president trump back in the the, the uh, oval office and and the last thing i'll say is God bless the Oxford Union 
for believing in freedom of speech and for having a former deputy to the president debate the merits of America first. So, you know, at least somewhere in this woke world and in this incredibly left-wing entity that is Oxford uh, University, there are people who believe in their freedom of speech and, and you know, the principles of Western civilization. Yeah, please go watch it. You can Google Sebastian Gorka explains why America and the world needs President Trump back in office. And Dr. Gorka flipped it. We played it two days ago, if anyone missed it. We played parts of it. Um, and you Thank flipped it around as, as people should fear. <laughs> Here are all the people who should fear the return of Donald Trump. Um, what happened? I don't know the the the, the um, process, but a couple times in it, someone would yell something, and you would say, "I'm good, thank you." What what is that? What happened there? Yeah, they had they had this silly thing here. It's a, so members of the union, the students who actually are part of the Oxford Union, uh, when when the guest is making their speech from the floor, at any point they're allowed to interrupt and say point of information, so they can counter you with something they wish to you know share. However, the invited speaker doesn't have to accept the interruption. So I can say, I'm good, thank you. And, you know, they were constantly, you know, the leftists, you know, uh, six times in, I, I, you know, I just said, okay, I, I'm good now, and I'm going to be good for the next four minutes of this speech. <laughs> and then everybody cracked out laughing because, you know, you, 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 fly, you fly all the way from, you know, D.C. to to Oxford and you've got 11 minutes, you're, you're not going to take interruptions. Oh, could you, yeah. Could you imagine if someone just uh, took over, took five of your minutes away from me? <laughs> that would be absurd. Right. Did right. any, I haven't watched all the other counters. Did anyone on the other side make any intriguing points to you? No, they're, they're, they're all scum. They just lied. We had uh, April, what's her name? April Ryan, that, that former White House uh, correspondent for whoever oh, wow. it is, CNN or whatever. Yeah. And then we had Bernie Sanders' brother, and they just lied. I mean, you, know, you can tell from it, and I apologize in advance, I was pretty pissed. I was pretty angry by the time I got up. Because when you have the, the like of, of you know, Bernie Sanders' brother, who is Jewish, say in front of this audience of impressionable young kids, you know, that President Trump is an anti-Semite. And, and, you, and, you, you, and I felt like just bursting and saying, excuse me? You know, the guy whose daughter converted to Judaism, whose grandchildren are Jewish, the first president in, in, in 23 years to actually keep our promise, move the embassy and recognize Jerusalem. He's the anti-Semite. These people are just, just scum. I mean, they, they, they are just truly scum when they lie and they calumny the most philo-Semitic president since 1948. And they just lie about who he is and what he's done. So... No, there, there was nothing impressive at all. It was just that, you know, the, 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 smear, the smears continue as we see today. Now, th look, this is, let me just, you know, tag on to that. I just got back from traveling to SHOT Show to the big gun convention in Vegas, and I did something very stupid. I, I checked into my hotel, and I switched on the television, and I landed on Rachel Maddow's show. And I don't watch this crap. I mean, there's a reason I have a producer you know, he watches that garbage for me, and then we, we make the, the clips for, for the show, for the radio show. I don't, Mike, if you watch this stuff, the, these people haven't learned anything. They're not doubling down. They're tripling down. Rachel Maddow's show was being hosted by uh, Jen Psaki, and then they had Rachel Maddow as a guest. It was really weird. And then she talks for half an hour about this is the, the night of Iowa. She, uh, sorry, New Hampshire. She talks for half an hour about if he wins, how America will be over. And she says the following. She says how they will have camps for Democrats, how DHS 
the military will create concentration camps for Democrats. These people, these people have no soul. They will say anything, and they are the true fascists. They are the true Goebbels-like propagandists. Some of them believe this garbage because they're stupid. The other ones, like Maddow, have no soul, and they will do anything to maintain power. Where can people learn more about Dr. Sebastian Gorka, sir? Uh, just uh, all platforms except uh, YouTube. Uh, we're everywhere. So True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, get it. Just look for Seb Gorka. We're on Rumble. Uh, the show uh, cycles 24-7 on audio on my website, sebgorka.com. And for uh, exclusive pieces by me, it's my Substack, which is my whole name is one word, sebastiangorka.substack.com. And then the, uh, the latest book is The War for America's Soul that you can get wherever you get books. It's an honor. Thank you, sir. God bless you, Mike, and the listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm American made. I got American parts. I, I cannot wait to talk to uh, John Nolte tomorrow about a lot of things, but specifically about John Stewart coming back to The Daily Show once a week. This is, was such big news to the left that they, they like, like sent out push notifications to everyone's phone. Like everyone needed to know that their savior, John Stewart, will be back, the king of snark. You want to talk about the, the division that's in our country? John Stewart is one of the major reasons for it. But he's back just in time to take down Donald Trump. I can't wait to get John Nolte's take on that. That'll be at 8 o'clock hour on tomorrow's show. Mike Slater, Breitbart News Daily, spread the word.